0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: The SquareBall Podcast. Hello, welcome to the SquareBall Podcast number one hundred and four. I am Mosco White, and with me are Michael. Hello. And Rob. Hello. And Andy is not here. Joined Aldi. <laughs> Another missing man. If anybody knows where Andy is, if you see him at the airport with Thomas Christensen, send him back to us. It's a useful experiment, this, perhaps, because when we started up the Squareball podcast again this season, it was with in mind that Leeds were doing really well and we didn't want to miss out on a season when we were really good. And then we brought the podcast back and now we, we are where we are. It's going to get good again. We'll be, now Andy's not here. <laughs>
0: Possibly. I think if I go missing, people should start being worried, actually.
1: Well, I mean, we never saw Roddy again. If anybody has seen Roddy, I know that's a bit of a a throwback, but we do still um, miss him and would like some news. And Andy will probably be back unless there's a sudden upturn in form that coincides with him not being on this podcast, in which case we know that he's the Jonah and we won't have him back again. But we will have all you listeners back. on condition, however, that you go and buy the Square Bowl magazine um, this is a plug for that. Issue 6 is still on sale, and it's a beautiful thing. If you don't want to buy the magazine but you have got a cold head, um, go on our website and click Merchandise and pre-order a beanie. Yellow or blue. Um, no, navy or gold, sorry. <laughs> I'm not really selling it very well. 12 quid plus postage and a free window sticker. That's all right, isn't it? And they're really nice. They've got a the square ball logo on the front, and it's a, it's a hat. I was going to steal one out of the bag on Saturday, but they all sold out. Well, ima- you see, that's how in-demand they are. Not paying 12 quid for them, mind. <laughs> well, if you will pay 12 quid for a hat, I think that's cheap. I mean, I'm not that one I've got a hat. I don't need to. Um, Rob, do you, do you want a hat?
0: I've got a big head, so I can't really wear hats. It's, it's a blighted my life for 23
1: years now. OK, well, there's... We're, you Your see, poor mother. We, we do need to sell them to somebody, so we'd like to sell them to you. So go to the squareball.net and buy the magazine and buy the hat, and meanwhile we'll talk about Leeds United games. Wow. Should, should we just stick to hats? Um, starting with Hull 0, Leeds United, nothing. What has anybody got to say about this game? Because I've got nothing.
2: It was as nil-nil as a nil-nil can get. Mm-hmm. It was. I, I was shocked at how poor it was. Because we were probably slightly worse than Hull, but they were terrible as well. It, was, it genuinely
0: looked like an amateur game. I enjoyed in the commentary, I think it was Eddie Grake, just kept saying, why, they just, why Why? are they making Michael Dawson run? Because he can't run, but we couldn't control the ball or anything. So it, it was just, yeah, it was abysmal. Yeah. I was
1: questioning my own sanity watching it. <laughs> it was so bad. Do we blame the pitch? No. The pitch was awful. Pablo Hernandez can pass a ball, 10 yards, 5 yards. Not when it's bouncing, apparently. But you see, oh, you see clips of like. Skills.
2: You see clips of 70s football though, when it's a properly bad pitch. Not like, mm. you know, Billy Bremner wouldn't be saying that was a bad pitch. Would he? Middle of, middle of winter, a pitch like that. It's stuff dreams are made of in those days.
1: Who would he be playing for? Oh, true. In that game. But Hull's famous. I was talking to a friend of mine who drives a bus in Hull, and he had to drive one that had the names of lots of Hull City legends on the side, and it's basically Dean Windass, Billy Bremner, and that's it. <laughs> there's nobody else that could think oh Nick Barnby he's got his name on that but so it was all just either Leeds players and Dean Windass um, is there anything else was there anything good
2: not really the only notable things I suppose were that Forshaw made his debut
1: mm-hmm. looked alright certainly the best of a bad bunch it's worth saying however bad the pitch was however bad the conditions were Adam Forshaw 85% pass completion or something so one player could pass the ball
2: mm. he was standing on the good bits the good bits of pitch. Cheating, basically. Yeah. Roof, Hernandez, Vieira very
0: much stood on the stood in the puddles, I think. Felix was good. He had his best yeah. game,
2: maybe. Yeah. Kept us um, in the
1: game.
0: Yeah, it was one of them games, I think, for a goalkeeper where they make all the saves that you, you do expect them to make, but it just looks good because of the sheer volume of it, and it'll That's- hopefully... It's a nice clean sheet for him, which.
1: Uh... It's progress for Felix. One, having to work for a clean sheet. Two, making the saves he's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. that's better than he was doing before. It's better before, than not making but... the saves. And and that was. I mean, I, I almost didn't want to talk about this game. I wanted to just say, it happened. We move on. But then I guess the one that follows it is even worse. Leeds United 1, Cardiff City 4. Need we even uh, remind ourselves who manages. Cardiff City, who their assistant manager is, who their coach is, who their... Was Bamba captain? Uh, probably. He only made him captain for the game, didn't he? It was
2: Go him on. or Paddy Kenny.
1: Go on, soul, man, <laughs> Show <laughs> him what you're made of. What the hell happened? Was it just Warnock? I,
2: th- I was I, mean, I was worried anyway when Berardi was at centre-back, because he's not a big man, and every single Cardiff player, I'd say, was at least six foot and mm-hmm. probably at least 15 stone.
1: They have very many over 190 metres, as Thomas could say. We have only Pontus.
2: Yeah, which is... I'm trying to make the point to people that it's okay to have a smaller team as long as you have a plan to keep the ball. Therefore, the game doesn't descend into a physical battle. Mm -hmm. But because we gave the ball away all the time and allowed them to lump it forward more often than not, it just meant we were never going to win.
0: Do you think we'd have won if Pontus stayed on? We were already losing by that point. Could have come back. Yeah, um, it was. It's hard to explain why we're just so bad at the minute. I don't really understand how the players that have shown they can play football and can control football and can pass a football suddenly can't. And then you've got
1: are any of them still playing? uh, Well, they all suspended. But
0: Pablo is there, Mm. and Vieira. He did play didn't he? I think yeah. he was there. I mean, yeah, like we know he's a good footballer and he's been terrible recently, although he's, he's maybe injured still. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was and the way the collapsed was just awful. You say about
2: about Pontus but the first the still <laughs> that was going round on Twitter of the first goal where there's I think there are eight Leeds players in shot, one Cardiff player mm. who's the one with the ball, and you think if they're all there, then there's a lot of Cardiff players
1: somewhere else not marked, and so it proved. They all ran towards him like geese <laughs> and just left Pontus with the guy who scored at the back post. I was, I think not enough has been made about the fact that Sol Bamba kicked Pontus Jansen off the park. Have you seen it?
2: Do you know what, I've completely avoided watching mm. highlights of this game and any post-game interviews
1: because I don't want to see Warnock. I've avoided Warnock as well, but Eddie Gray on the highlights is all very... Oh, you know, I think it's oh, coming together. There's nothing in that. But basically, Pontus Janssen is running into the penalty area. Solbamba Sol kicks him, and then he's he's off on a stretcher. And it was while Pontus Janssen's on the floor that Berardi, to make up for the fact that we have our defender lying on the pitch, goes in 50-50 with what's-his-face in front of the bench and gets his first yellow card. So it's all either... I mean, the, you can't think of a worse set of circumstances having not signed a centre-back on deadline day to then have one centre back injured by your old centre back at one end of the pitch and then your only standing centre back I mean as soon as he was booked you knew he was going to get a second yellow card all happened in the space of like 30 seconds
0: there are games that come around maybe every couple of years where you do think no we are actually cursed Mm. and when Warnock rocks up bearing in mind he was absolutely abysmal as Leeds manager and yet everywhere else he's been he builds this like function inside and you just think, what is wrong about <clears throat> the pitch at Ellen Road or what happens in
1: between them four corners? I don't get it. I think Warnock's pissed in them. <laughs> yeah. is my theory is if you go to squareball.net and read the match report, it opens with that beautiful image that Neil Warnock, at some point after we sacked him, before he got his stuff and left, he pissed in all four corners of Ellen Road to counteract um, Don Revy getting rid of the gypsy curse in the 70s. He's cursed us back again. And it's no accident, Friday, beautiful sunny day in Leeds... Saturday, grim, dark as anything. Sunday, beautiful sunny day, because he'd gone away again. I
0: remember there was a game against Charlton a couple of years ago in the McDermott season, and it was the worst game of football I'd ever seen. It was like the whole game. And they one of their players just spanks it into the top corner. They won 1-0, no. I think McCormick missed the penalty right at the end. And I walked away from there just thinking, we're just fucked for the rest of the tournament, And it was mm-hmm. like that on Saturday. It was like, no, it doesn't matter what we do, who we get in, that is Leeds United.
1: Yeah was uh would it have been a different game if lasaga could head under the bar instead of at the bar
0: mm-hmm. i've not I,
2: like i say i've avoided um seeing any of this, but that looked like he was, Liam was about an inch off the line mm. was that is that correct uh two yards
1: <laughs> but there was no one in front of him no he had a massive uh, empty goal to head the ball into and he chose what if he chose obviously he didn't choose but uh, fate chose if you just let it hit him in the face Yeah That's it I think it was it's, it's Probably too good a header He's directed it he's Gone for the top of the net it and it he's, well. he he's hit it too well And his other The chance that he created before that When he got the ball and, I mean that and wasn't shot. really a chance Well he made but... it a chance Because a save tipped onto the post I celebrated that I thought it was in As if the day could have got any more embarrassing I stood <laughs> up and put my hands in the air <laughs> Did you stand up and put your hands in the air when Gatano Brady got his second yellow card or was it more head in hands? I
0: was in the queue for the bar and this is the second consecutive home game I've been queuing at the bar and been told we've had a man sent off mm-hmm. um, and then it was yeah and, it, and again second week in running I've been still queuing and it's oh it's 2-0 It
2: feels um, inevitable that we we'll get a man sent off now Yeah You almost think well I mean that's going to happen so we'll just get it out of the way Yeah
1: and did it strike, I mean, the uh, it was Grujic, Marco Grujic, who then went on a fouling rampage, including kicking Stuart Dallas through the back of the back, um, and got a stern talking to after, and then eventually after about 20 fouls got a yellow card. Do you think there is an element where we're having players sent off just because we always get players sent off? But with such a, the thing is, with our horrendous rec-
2: disciplinary record. You would think we were a tough side. We're actually a- about as soft as it gets. Yeah.
0: We're just very reckless and shit at fouling. It's like Cooper and O'Kane. You don't see them and think they're too hard men. And yet Cooper's no. been sent off twice. Yeah. O'Kane's been sent off because they're thick more than anything.
1: <laughs> Not because they're hard. Are you going to call Berardi thick? No, no. no. He, he
0: is hard, to be fair. But...
1: Yeah, yeah, he wasn't happy with his, uh, um, his sending off. I don't think, As he was going off, I was shouting at the pitch, make it count. Um, I really wanted him to just go and lamp the referee or something like don't get sent off for that like two 50-50s what? well a 50-50 and a late one and they were all a different referee I think might have gone listen you've been booked calm it down it was, it, it was about 10 seconds before half time like he did exactly with all the Cardiff players mm. I don't want to send you off come on having not done that I really wanted Brady just to kick him in the throat and just <laughs> I don't care how long the suspension is just
2: he was done no favours by Medine either who rolled around and then leapt up. I, yeah. I have to say, watching this game, I I saw it was Medine. I didn't realise he played for them. I thought, oh he's you
0: know, he's a, he's a big he's a big it. shit house. Warnacle, love him. Yeah.
2: Found afterwards they paid six million pounds mm-hmm. for him.
0: Yeah. When people he's are cl- shit. <laughs> when people are clamouring for us to sign a striker and you go, but that's what £6 million gets you. Because like, he's
2: terrible, isn't he? He's been yeah. around for
1: years and he's never been any good. No, got a couple of handy assault convictions. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's good at getting our players sent off. Um, and Barardi as well was unlucky to do both his fouls right in front of the Cardiff bench as well. Because you imagine the blast of, war- of hot Warnock, pure oh. Blackwell, and yeah. the, with added Jeppo, Ugh. just hitting straight in the referee's ear. Uh, Could you imagine the earful if you'd gone off at half-time with not having sent Berardi off? we would have had Warnock in his room. Hey, referee, what are you fucking doing? So you just send him off. Because <laughs> you're not going to worry about Thomas Christensen. Oh, going to, oh
2: no, you no, know, please, please, <laughs> we're too happy.
1: Although, um, I did notice... Uh, we can properly make fun of his voice now he's left, can't we? Christensen gave uh, Berardi a hefty smack on the backside as he went off as well. Took Naughty Berardi. boy. Berardi turned around and yelled something at him. I think he was angry at the world. I was pretty angry at the world. We did have the second half fight back and a Sol Bamba own goal. I thought we were we did the usual thing go three at the back, down to 10 players, the game's lost, and we start battering them for a while. We didn't batter them really. We, we were way better. We than didn't create were. any
2: chances though.
1: We scored a goal. Sol Bamba's say. <laughs> what other chances did we create? Um, the Lusoga near was near the goal. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah oh, no, it was pretty It was better than the first half, of course. But mm.
2: weirdly, um Adam Forshaw looks like our best defender now somehow. <laughs> I think he's our best
0: midfielder too, so play him up front. Has he ever has he ever played in defence or are we just are we literally just having to put him there? Because he was talking about that for the next game and I was like, but he's mm. not even a defender, is he?
1: It's a choice between somebody from the under-23s or the academy or a first-team player just out of position. And I guess he is the only one who looks like he's got anything about him. But so, now we're down to one centre-back and one,
0: uh, no right-backs. So I really genuinely don't know what we're going to do.
1: Mm. And he, uh, we do have the a right-back, but he's at Fleetwood. Yeah. Do you think... I mean, the problem with those late decisions, when... <laughs> Christensen explained it on Friday, that he said that he didn't want all the the centre-backs to come back fit and from suspensions and then you basically got a fifth one that you've signed for too much money on the last day that you never wanted um, and that Louis Coyle they'd rather just have him playing and then everybody was worried about Jansen getting booked and instead he leaves on the stretcher and then it's Berardi who gets sent off. Unless you accept that Leeds United are cursed and you have to get seven centre-backs just to get through it um, I don't know what else you could do it looks do. really cruel though as well because 18 months ago we
0: released Sol Bamba to stick with three centre-backs and it was fine Yeah, they stayed fit all season and then he turns up on Saturday playing in, I don't know did he play in midfield this time I don't know and then we're down to one centre-back and it's just ridiculous
1: mm-hmm.
2: I will say we should have bought more centre-backs anyway because one of them the first choice one was Liam Cooper who is he good enough well, that was... He's shown signs of it, but certainly I don't think anyone prior to this season thought it was anything like good enough. Mm. And everyone wanted Cal Bartley. I and mean, last year we were, we saw two good centre backs, and it made a massive difference. Whereas it, there was a definite feeling of taking a step down this year. Getting Pennington in from Everton, a real gamble on it. There's no, he's barely played really as he mm. before. So I think and Shogunacy is a midfielder stroke defender he looks better in defence to be honest oh yeah he's a dreadful midfielder I don't, <laughs> think he should, I don't think he should ever play there again a dreadful midfielder and the fourth choice
1: centre-back good <laughs> luck Connor yeah. yeah
2: but like we do we, whether or not
1: we need the numbers we certainly needed we needed, and still do need quality there I think that was Christensen's point as well it's like we wouldn't get somebody better than what we've got so we didn't want another lousy centre-back just for the sake of it and it's, it makes sense on Friday but then Saturday evening you're like shit
2: do you remember when we signed uh, Mansour Asumani and put him straight into the first team? I think he played one game. Well, I mean, if that, that was I, McAllister's last throw of the dice.
1: If that worked,
2: then hey, there ma'am. was
1: some talk of getting uh, Paul Huntington back on the deadline day. That was that was where we were looking. Paul Telfer. You see, you can when you start naming this, you can see why they probably went. You know what, Victor? I'll be all right. I'll cope with, with what we've got, or or not. Yeah, I stayed to the end. When did you leave, Michael? It was just before they scored the last goal, mm-hmm. Rob. I was in the bar the whole second half, I think
0: we stayed to the end, I can't quite mm-hmm. remember. But I wasn't really <laughs> paying much attention, I'd be honest by that point. It was
1: a pretty empty, mournful place. My, my thought towards the end was that I'd been really glad at the start of the season and grateful to Thomas Griskinson for banishing the days when Elland Road was just a horrible, empty stadium half full of booing Unhappiness, and then here we were again. Yeah, I do feel cause he is very—he
0: he was, well, he is—he's not dead, but um, <laughs> he is very likable. And it did feel a bit cruel that the crowd sort of turned on him. And I think that's possibly what did for him in the end. Mm-hmm. But it was a was trail at the same time. So
2: there's there've been murmurs when he's like when he's brought Grot on, people have moaned and stuff in the past. But I think when we obviously needed several goals, and he took off. Our not only our only proper striker, but our only person on the pitch who was even vaguely capable of physically competing with Cardiff. I think everyone else we had on must have been under six foot. And Lissog, even though it's not really Lasogga's game, he is he is at least quite large. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, what, what are we aiming to do here? Are we, gonna, are we aiming to turn into Barcelona for the last the last fifteen minutes and and score goals that way? But yeah, it was it was a it was I think a turning point this year mm. where. In a way, it's kind of nice we've not, had to, uh, we've not had to get into consistently booing him to get him sacked because he didn't really deserve that.
0: Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
1: Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: So not only did Neil Warnock leave Leeds with three points, he also left with Thomas Christensen's job. Which and are... backroom staff. <laughs> and the backroom staff's jobs. I imagine that probably gave him as much pleasure because there was one bit of war not that did enter into my mind over the weekend was he he said something like uh i always get that reception the only problem i have with Leeds is that i didn't get enough time doing that job well thomas christiansen's time he got 234 days 35 games he won 15 of them he drew six of them he lost 14 scored 54 goals how many of them are against burton seven against burton conceded 46 so a win percentage of 42.9 percent it's worth Remembering that he had the best start by any Leeds United manager ever in history, ever, ever. And it was pretty good. So, how did it all go so wrong? Yeah. <laughs> had it gone wrong, should we have sacked him? Uh, the Cardiff game was the first time
2: I'd thought I wouldn't mind if we sacked him. Mm-hmm, I wasn't. I didn't want to be the person to call for it, but I did leave that game thinking, I don't really care if he's sacked. He kind of maybe deserves it a bit after because having watched the whole game um, in which we were playing a terrible terrible side and didn't have a shot on target followed it following it up with the 4 one home defeat in which our only goal was an own goal it was looking very bad and it was hard to see any
0: light at the end of the tunnel there's been sort of no middle ground with him at all we've i've been pretty good like at the start of the season and then like um the run of results which was like the Middlesbrough game was in that um oh we've been Crap, and I haven't been able to like. We've barely drawn a game, it seems. Yeah. Like, we've either won and played quite good football, or been beaten and just looked soft and terrible. And I'd, I'd, I'd like to remember him for that week when I genuinely believed we were going to get promoted. I just thought, we're going to do this. This <laughs> yeah. is our year. The Burton game? Yeah, after the Birmingham game when we went top. Mm-hmm. That was just brilliant. That was, we are definitely going up here. There's no way of stopping it. But yeah, it's hard to make a case for him after the recent performances, I think.
2: That early momentum was a strange feeling. When pe- when the, the cop was singing, um, which you've got to cringe at now, singing Leads Are Falling Apart Again and that, um, yeah.
0: Move on. <laughs> I did think at Forest, like, it was great to be singing that, but you did think, this is too early to be singing. It's like, we know this is going to yeah. end.
2: Yeah, 40, 45 games played, when four points clear, that's when you can start mm. start singing that song, I think.
1: And to be fair to... Thomas Christensen he was always the one during that run going like please don't get carried away because I mean he never came out and said I might be fluking this <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was trying to calm things down a little bit but no every game it's, oh Thomas Christiansen, and Leeds are falling apart and we're top of the league and then the BBC came and did that whole thing the whole big story on the website about we're going up so we, you know we can't criticise a man for raising our expectations just he should have known not to we know how that ends up.
2: Well, I think part of the thing is the expectation because he because we're still within just about touching distance of the playoffs, he sort of has made himself a bit more sackable than if we were like twelve points off, because they might have thought, Well, a new manager's not gonna get us in the playoffs. We might as well just stick with him for a bit longer. But this is that point where that Ken Bates reached completely unreasonably, with Simon Grayson having sold half his fucking players and not refused to sign anyone he wanted, but reached that point where he brought in Warlock and he said like publicly declared, or maybe Harvey said, you know we can still reach the playoffs this year. As it was, I imagine we finished fifteenth because that's what we did, time and time again. Um, and I think it's probably the same is going to happen here.
1: Was there an argument for giving him to the end of the season because he had Adam Forshaw? Well, he had Lawrence DiBak for three games, who looks a step above Berardi at left back, so we finally got a good left back. Adam Forshaw for two, who looks a step above any other player apart from Saez, and he's not even had a chance to put Tyler Roberts in the team yet. And he's suffered incredible bad luck. You can't, I mean, so I keep coming back to Sol Bamba kicking Pontus Janssen, but that just that's not his fault, but that's his job. I do think there's been a lot of moments where you do think, well,
0: what is he meant to do? That like, Lasaga hitting the bar in mm. the weekend. Liam Cooper missing numerous chances at, and numerous red cards. The discipline thing is, its I don't really know who you blame for that. Obviously, like, Saez spitting is just stupid. Okay, and headbutting someone is stupid, but it's just happened that often. The book's got to stop somewhere, I think. I suppose, and because it's different players each time, um, it's hard to know what, to, uh, who to blame. But I do, th- I do think, like you. I mean, I left the Cardiff game thinking, right, well, we're going to sack him. Who are we going to get to the end of the season? But it would have been slightly nice, maybe, to um, give him to. Is it the derby game when we start to get players back? Yeah. And then if that, if we don't look any better then then maybe it's time to sack him. But like I say, it's hard to make a case for him recently because it's, it's been bad when it's been bad it's been bad
1: because the discipline is either you could blame it on luck or you could say it's self-inflicted Phil Hay has been kind of adamant that the players don't have a problem with him apparently Matthew Pennington said after the Cardiff game that nobody is arguing with anybody nobody's pointing fingers at each other nobody's got a problem with the manager they're all really like him and they want to do well for him but then they go out on the pitch and somebody they take it in turns to get sent off It's just and it is you can't escape it as a manager's job to say and he in fact Christensen said it himself in his post-match press conference I think he was asked do you blame the players for getting sent off and he says no because I'm responsible for that ultimately but it's weird but then he also said I can't be inside their heads the thing with the
2: players saying they don't really like him the thing is it's nice to have a slack boss Hmm. because it makes it quite easy day Mm. to day and I mean I've never never been a footballer I've only ever done normal jobs but you know slack boss great result (laughs) You think he was a slack boss? I don't know. He seemed like he was. I mean, even if he shouted at you, what would it sound like?
1: I'm, not, find <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I'm not going there. I can't do. I can't do high pitched at that volume. I don't have that power that he obviously has. Yeah. See, to
0: be fair though, in that sense, I mean, you look at the Millwall performance, and that doesn't strike you as a team that's sort of given up on the manager. And I, I know what you mean. That he, mm-hmm. he, he's not. He doesn't come across as this like strict disciplinarian. But mm-hmm. you know, they gave it like a, a good go in that game. And I know it. But then they follow-up by just been awful
1: again there was an insight into what he in the press conference after that one um he was asked if he'd yelled at them at at halftime he said that it is probably one of the occasions when i have given them my strongest opinion but then he said um that what he then had to do was get them to believe in what they were going to do in the second half and he was kind of like, you can't have the negative without the positive so before sending them back out in the second half he said do we all believe in what we're going to go out and do in the second half he said all the players agreed and then you saw what happened on the pitch so he, he must, I mean that by the way he tells it even when he's saying you have to have the positive with the negative it sounds kind of wishy-washy but it did seem to work he had some kind of ability to motivate them just then they went mental It and
2: feels it feels like the style of play he's tried to bring in has disintegrated across the season as well it feels like at the start of the year we changed goalkeeper which was for the first seven games no one really noticed how bad he was at being a goalkeeper because he didn't have all that much to do <laughs> But there seemed a very definite. We're going to play out the back. We're going to like Alioski and um, Saeed kind of attacking, but not from a main striker kind of thing. With these, which was a thing from last year, basically we only scored through wood. It seemed like goals were going to come from all over the team. It was going to be a more free flowing thing. And as the season's gone on, everyone's got just got a bit worse. And that's yeah. everyone seems to have lost faith in playing out the back. Possibly he's maybe caused that himself by putting Lonergan in for a time, and then we start going long. Then the defenders lose. Lose this sort of method of what they've been doing earlier in the season. It feels a shame that it's all fallen apart because it, it felt like there were certain there were certain things there in early season defeats. Maybe like, you know, obviously we did one well in the first few games. But when we were losing, I could still generally see bits of games where things were going right, and it meant it meant you felt like sticking with it. Whereas Hull and Cardiff, there was nothing. There was not a scrap of those games I want to take with. I want to take forward under the under Bottom. Will you miss him?
1: How will you remember Thomas Christensen?
0: I'll remember his cut, and I'll remember that start of Good. the season. Oh, and I think that
1: card. is where we should remember him, how we should remember him. Do you hate him now, Michael? <laughs> no. Or ex-managers, you've got to have a... I mean, we hate Warnock, we hate Evans. I mean, some people still want him back, but that's beside the point.
2: <laughs> I don't hate most ex-managers, really. It's mainly Warnock. Daka Milenic, not hateable. Redfern, nice guy. That's true. Brian McDermott, chat on, Really? So yeah, I don't know, he's another one to fall into the League United pit.
1: You, I have a, a theory that I've been rolling around, is that I think he may end up doing really well as a manager, in a little bit like Darko Milanić, who is now managing in the Champions League. Admittedly, he gets spanked 7-0 by <laughs> Liverpool, but he's there. And Thomas Christensen had his prior record in the Europa League. I think there's a style of modern coaching that maybe works at that level that Thomas Christensen can do. You bring people like that into the championship, and it just doesn't work. You're starting whatever, to sound like is. Neil Warnock, you know, <laughs> well, like come in. Uh. <laughs> well, exactly, and I've, I've been saying all season that you don't have to conform to it because you, you know there's only one Neil Warnock team in the championship. That's maybe a Millwall. There's nobody else really plays as badly as Cardiff and Millwall play. So as long as you beat everybody else at football, and then if you lose to them at fighting, then you you know it's six points. But it seems like that kind of got the, the better of him in the end, that it was not being able to fight his way out of Millwall and Cardiff that's done for him. So he made us cruise off and go and get some mid table seg- uh, Premier League team and just float around the, U- the Europa League for a few years.
0: I think it's, it's the Leeds United curse,
1: isn't it? That probably think is think it. Is. So the next one to be cursed is uh, somebody who hates Leeds already. Maybe this is it. It's a negative meeting, a negative. And what happens then? Good things? we will find out. The new man we had in the running were people like Steve McLaren uh, Yapstam, Nigel Pearson God alone knows who else but what we got is we didn't get somebody out of work we got somebody in work, so much in work that he signed his new contract about three days ago um, with a release clause that we triggered and now Paul Heckingbottom he has put his Kestrel in the bin Um, he's dragged himself out of the mine Um, he's walked from Barnsley to uh, 10 miles to the nearest train station, um, and he has come to be Leeds United manager. Barnsley themselves are not happy. The club, they say, are shocked at uh, Paul Leckinbottom's desire to leave. Having a great new contract last week, following completion of January transfer window, where the board worked tirelessly to secure Paul's targets. It was unexpected... Come during an already complicated period, it will make things more difficult short-term, but our club's full of resources, and it's certainly not dependent on one man alone.
2: I will say, Barnsley, are Chinese-owned now, so could you do that in the... Uh... <laughs> no, maybe not. But so they're not happy that he's gone.
0: Are we happy that he has come? I think it's all right. <laughs> it's <laughs> ringing your <in> nose <laughs> Um, it's much better than I was expecting. Like I say, even though my dad has just texted me saying, who the hell is Paul Heckingbottom It's a valid question. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I say, we were leaving the game on, uh, yeah, the ground on Saturday. Sort of thinking, well, he's, well, Christensen's going to go. So who can we get? And you're going, well, we'll have to get someone just till the end of the season. And the only thing you could think was Grayson, Mark Hughes. <sighs> and it, it was just so
1: unappealing. Ryan and then, Giggs wants a job badly. <laughs> yeah. And then um one Neville's in work, the other one <laughs> might get him off today. I've seen those names suggested. Yeah, Mark Hughes was a
0: particularly fucking weird one. But um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and then you saw oh. McLaren there as one well, you're thinking, God no, please god no. But then we've got this sort of bright, young, up and coming coach. It's much better than I was expecting.
1: Yeah, I think we you, were did you was it Rotherham you walked to or Barnsley? It was it was Rotherham. Same place though, I did it? you
2: did we did walk past at one point you could see Oakwell, so I did kind of stuck my head in. I had a like, look around, didn't like the look of it. Um, I think the the uh, the odds list made us happy for him because she saw the list and the when the fact McLaren went was instantly installed as hot favourite having been at the game the night before. It did leave you thinking, oh Christ, no, please, please not McLaren. Um, and then you thought, please not Stam, please not Hughes. And in the end, you're just grateful it's none of those pricks
1: Barnsley have won one in sixteen, I mm-hmm. believe. They're twenty first. Um, Do a win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they are. <laughs> Is he? That's how it works, I think. Uh, do you feel comfortable that we've gone down the table to get a, a coach?
0: By all accounts, they, despite them playing badly recently, they still really liked him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did a really good job in taking them up. He, they were what they were on the cusp of the playoffs last season, and then they sold all the best players, which, uh, I mean, he should fit in, in at Leeds <laughs> in that respect. So And yeah, but everyone seems to really highly rate him. And I mean, you look at Lee Johnson, who's sort of a similar mould and that, I mean, he left Barnsley when they weren't actually doing that great in League One. Yeah. And he's now the new Pep Guardiola by all accounts. So. And that's
1: when Heckingbottom took over. Yeah. He, he got from... them from... I don't think they'd won the game in ages and Heckingbottom took over and got them to promotion and the Johnstons paint trophies. So never won that. We've never won that. We well, no, can it? next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he knows... You know, we need somebody who knows the English competitions. He knows the JPT. He, had, he did have to deal with a lot. There was the players um, being sold to Conor Hurrahan... Uh, Sam Bree, Sam Winall all went within uh, three weeks. Well left, yeah. yeah. And uh all, and they got millions for them, but then he wasn't given any of its replacement. And they had a really long running takeover um because the owner had a terminal illness and so I mean there's a lot to kind of deal with.
2: He was kind of unlucky at Barnsley in that they he built a good a really good team that beat us, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it was it was not consistently good, so it had obvious players that could be picked out. I feel like if you're gonna have a if you're gonna overachieve, you need to all you need to have eleven men all playing slightly better than they should do. Mm. Whereas he had people like Horahan who attracted Villa, who just have got loads of money and went, well, we'll take him. And then Swansea come and nick your best defender. He's basically left then with some shit.
1: But then the uh, the impression I've had this season is that if he wasn't there, Barnsley fans seem to think that they probably would have been relegated already this season. That anything good comes down in West Ham Boggs who were, uh, they stopped doing the fanzine now, but they were our, our fanzine cousins down at Oakwell. I don't know why they write. right. I think they probably stopped it because nobody down there can read. They said, uh, he's one of the best young coaches in this league. Smart, intelligent, dedicated and passionate. Communicates well and makes players better. I'm gutted. Cannot underestimate the job he did and continues to do, past tense now, with us. Uh, keeping us up the same level of achievement as someone getting you promoted. And he's also in his... Uh, so Alfie Mawson is in his, um, on his credit sheet. Influenced John Stones, Mason, Mason Holgate. And he does seem to have the things that we were looking for that Thomas Christensen wasn't bringing. Knows the league, can make shit players play well. <laughs> or make good players play better.
0: Another thing with him as well, which was flagged up in Phil Hayes' article today, he's spoken in the past about actually wanting a director of football kind of figure. By all accounts, he was sort of doing everything at Barnsley. Yeah, um, and he just wanted to coach, which that's what he's going to do at Leeds.
1: Yeah, his quotes. Uh, he hasn't done a press conference today. They've unveiled him without a press conference. I'm wondering if they're going to go for this kind of work ethic thing. It's just like he's training, no press conference. You can talk to him on Friday, which would be interesting. Um, but he did talk to Sky Sports News outside the East End before he went and took training. We'll get we'll get out on grass today because that's important. There are some really big fixtures coming up and some which are going to get fancies. And he says, I won't do a Yorkshire accent much further. I can't wait to get started. I can't wait. It's a big opportunity, a big football club and something you work hard for. I'm planning to make the most of it. When I spoke to Victor and the owner, it really aligned with what I was thinking and how I'd like to work. I presume that's the reason they thought I was the right man for the job. I'm aligned with how they like to work. and Hopefully that will be good for us going forward. And yeah, his complaints at Barnsley were that he was doing a lot of admin, keeping um, that going, and that he wasn't spending enough time on the grass with the lads. So it could be, it could all be perfect. There I is, mean, when
2: you go for a job interview, you do try to say exactly what you think they want you to say. Yes. So maybe I, the, maybe he's he, in his head, is thinking, I really don't want to work with this guy. But then he goes, I think it'd be fantastic to work with you.
1: Especially it? if he's uh, an incomprehensible Spaniard. <laughs> like, we got one of those around, possibly. Ooh. Who's that out there? Uh, That's J-Roy Grotz. Oh, there's a lot of potential in that lad, isn't there? The downside with Paul is when we go to uh, his quotes from before we played Barnsley this season, he said, When I was growing up, where I was from, you were a Barnsley fan or a Leeds fan when you played it Field Behind My House. Uh, It were Leeds against Barnsley, and the Leeds lads were always older than us and always used to kick smoke out of us. We hated Leeds and they hated us, and that is how it was. You understand the support they've got and the size of the club and the tradition, as it was always rammed down your throat with them bragging about it. It is a team everyone loves to hate, with a big club, with a big tradition. Um, last season he was talking about Leeds again, and uh, um, this came up and somebody asked him, have you got a lot of mates texting you about the uh, the Leeds result? He said, if the Leeds fans are not my mates. Is that a problem? He hates Leeds, or at least he hated Leeds. He hates Leeds. He's only he taking. I've Bastard.
2: seen. I've seen the video. He says it with no
1: passion. He's just playing to the crowd. Should, would you uh, have preferred him to be unveiled with a salute rather than a scarf today? I'm Absolutely not. not. clear of, <laughs> clear of that. Is it a problem that he has this in his past that he has grown up bugged by the fact that the size of our club and tradition has been rammed down his throat with us bragging about it?
0: I think the rule here applies that if the opposite is a better story, it's not news. So if if. Heckingbottom would have gone into a Barnsley press conference ahead of a derby against Leeds and was singing marching on together waving a scarf around his head that would have been that would have been weird
1: Toby Tyke would have been living <laughs> I kind of like it in some ways because I know a lot of people hate Leeds United but that kind of Johnny come ladies if somebody's grown up fighting with Leeds fans in the field behind his house because he always used to kick smoke out of us and he's had the tradition and the size of our club rammed down his throat well at least he knows mm. It's not going to be news to him. Because I was think, reminded of, we touched on Victor Orta there when he had his first interview in the summer when he said, to, uh, oh, there are very famous players so here. Yeah, I remember uh, Gary McAllister, Tony yaboa Thomas Broline. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> somebody put a bet on that makes make you tell you, uh, Thomas Broline is a great Leeds player. I don't imagine Paul Heckingbottom is going to make that kind of mistake.
0: It'd be nice if he could sort of give us a bit of a siege mentality where he's like, everyone fucking hates you because right. I fucking hate you. So, you know, like, it might work, it might help. But but we're always better with the season mentality, aren't we? So, if he really hates them in training, I don't know.
1: We are, we're coming across quite positive on this. There were um, petitions being started against him and I have seen people wanting to chuck the season ticket back and saying that this is an absolute disgrace, it's a no holper it's a cheap option. He's not a cheap option, really. There were four hundred thousand unemployed people. Close. I mean, I'm sure
2: he's not on much money at Barnsley, I which is he's actually a, something that we should mention, really, in his favour. Is that Barnsley's wage budget? I imagine is pretty much the lowest in the league. Mm. And given Them there's burnt. a direct correlation between league position and wage budget, he's done well
1: with Barnsley. Pretty much anybody who doesn't have any emotion towards it seems to think good coach, up and coming, could be a Deitch, could be a Howe. Could
2: be a Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson, like we we're saying though, he's a perfect example of how you just never know how it works out with managers. He was sacked at Barnsley in League One. He's now linked with Premier League jobs, and he's doing a brilliant job at Bristol. While accounts, mm. so whichever Wednesday sat the manager because they're mired in mid table. He goes to the Premier League, beats Arsenal. Mm. It's a strange old. It's a strange thing, like you say, Christensen will probably rock up at Deportivo La Coruna and win the
1: Europa League or something weird. And then we just need to work out whether uh, Paul Heckingbottom's going to be a success. <laughs> because it probably isn't going to be Leeds because nobody will be successful at Leeds. Can he be successful at Leeds? Although he is willing to work with him, he's aligned with him, unless he's just saying that in the interviews, with Victor Orta, there seems to have been, if you were given Leeds uh, fans one bullet and Thomas Christensen or Victor Orta, most would have gone for the, uh, the young-looking Ken Bates look-alike.
2: I think it's helped Christensen a bit, as having this sort of lightning rod for anger. <laughs> it's taken a lot of it away from him. It's, its I don't think, honestly, anyone can really say whose fault it is. We'll we We'll, I guess find out when we get a new manager in to work with these same players. Because if all of a sudden they do start winning games, then it, Orta gets out of jail free, really. It's mm-hmm. just like, well they were decent, I told you.
1: Shit manager. Have you been angry about have you been yelling Orta out? There's another one where there was a petition started, I might have to start a petition to stop Leeds fans from starting fucking petitions now because <laughs> there was an author out one that started up got about four signatures was one of them you Rob?
0: It wasn't I I am um, I mean I'm certainly sceptical of him and I'm not sold on him completely I think the thing is that in like the director of football model the manager actually is like the most dispensable one obviously the signings haven't all been a success but likewise I think the players are better than they've shown in recent weeks mm. and Christensen's job was to make them better Um, and I also think people are a bit obsessed with transfers like that's not the only way you can improve you can make the players better I mean far worse teams have got promoted than us I think Blackpool Mm. got promoted for Luke Mm Varney. so but yeah and I was thinking today actually that I I don't want to sound like an apologist for him but his job's actually quite difficult because you look at you look at the squad last season wasn't good enough there was not enough depth to it and it showed that he just ran out of steam we then lost Three or four of our best players, so it needed strengthening anyway, and then it needed strengthening even even more. The academy needed strengthening because that was just completely left to rot. So it's like it's a pretty big job. It's yeah. going to take time, and I think he, January seemed to show to me that they had learn a little bit in that they signed three players to strengthen the team that we needed that had yeah. sort of proven. Hopefully, he's learned a lesson. But I don't get the. I've, I'm not really on the drive him out of the club. Not it, just yet, anyway.
1: I think it's a mixture between learning a lesson and also the work that he's been doing makes it easier mm. to do good work. And he's not I think people are <clears> misunderstanding <throat> the director of recruitment, director of football thing. His job is actually to build all the stuff that the club hasn't had since going back to when McDermott was like, oh, uh, what's the login for Prozone, lads? <laughs> and then it was like, I uh, don't know what you're talking about. I was about. thinking of
0: that today, because in um, is it Living on the Volcano at the Mike Calvin book, mm. There's a section on that in McDermott, and it said he was having to ask clubs to borrow data on our own players. Yeah, like we didn't even have that. And then in the Bates years, you had it was just whoever Gwyn Williams knew. Yeah, and then it was whoever
1: Nicholas Saloni knew. So now it's like that does take time to build that up. Yeah, and I think um, and he's part of his job, his remit is why he's director of football um, and not just director of recruitment. Is he's doing all that? Is he's hiring the analysts and the coaches and the, the scouting network, putting it all in place. So that when he does come to the winter transfer window, it's not just being a case of who does he know already. He's clearly been he t- tasked
2: with looking for value as well. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, Forshaw is the, probably the most proven player we've signed. And that is depending on who you believe, three to four and a half million with add-ons and stuff. We're not going out and buying Gary Medin for six million pounds because that would be easy to do. Yeah. But he'd still be Gary Medine, And he's never going to be better than he is now. Whereas he, who, you, you gamble on Saez or someone
1: and we were going everyone was going on about Jordan who will from Preston gone to West Ham for ridiculous money and he will score four goals and then that will he'll just be on loan again forever. in the championship there's a
0: story in the Guardian saying West Ham don't even think he's, he's good enough for the Premier League they just signed him because they had to sign someone so they gave 10 million to Preston it's just crazy like.
1: is there an argument in this case that because those players Warnock signed Medin for a reason uh, trying to get for the Premier League if Victor Orta is doing the best with the remit he's been given does Andrea Raffaele need to stop being such a pauper and get the MP and silver checkbook out and sink some Wolves-style dollar into this this thing?
2: I think that's what people would like, but that's a lot of money. Mm. What, what Wolves have done—it's not it a middle ground. <laughs> Potentially, but I think you, with players like Fosha and Deboc coming in, there is a, a sort of a, a sign of that mid-tier Tyler Roberts player well. coming in. Yeah, people he who are not quite good. Yeah, people who are not unknown and have not been playing in you know, some third-rate Albanian league or something.
1: Warsaw. <laughs> okay. I was, we've skipped ahead to Tyler Roberts but yeah we signed him on deadline day, two and a half million rising to four. the striker everybody wanted, um, linked with Rangers, AC Milan, Bournemouth, Marseille, Torino and Palermo but I mean how much of that is just found off news now I don't know but um, he was going to be getting into West Brom's first team everybody reckoned but they signed Daniel Sturridge instead. Birmingham Mail make him sound like exactly what we want. Uh, unlike many Premier League whiz kids... Oh, it's Birmingham, isn't it? Made, I'm not going to do a Birmingham accent. ...make their way into the AFL and wilt under the raw power of imposing central defenders. Roberts has shown himself to be physically competent um, and his ability speaks for itself. At 18, he was trusted to lead Warsaw's line and battle against early League One central defenders and get the better of them.
2: Red card, then. Elbow. <laughs> if,
1: elbow in the face. But the, the trend... If you look at it, so Summer's a completely mixed bag. J. Roy Grot is what he is. But the last three signings, debock Forshaw, sure, and on paper Tyler Roberts, seems to be moving in the direction that some of the anger should dissipate if we keep going in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sensing much anger here anyway. <laughs> um, I kind of make you wonder, like, Gucci should be playing for us now. Y- yeah, for sure. But then next season we might have a midfielder, for sure. Vieira, Ivi Gucci. What I will say about Roberts,
0: I am sceptical about what impact he's going to make this season, given that I think he's got five League One goals. Mm. Uh, that everyone was saying this guy's this brilliant talent, and, he, and by all, I know he sounds like that, but are we expecting a guy who's got five goals in the first half of the season to fire us to pre- the playoffs this season?
2: I was mainly put off him because I did the thing you normally do when we sign into play, you go on YouTube to look for some clips, um, and his showreel describes him as the next Ian Rush. And my memories of Ian Rush. <laughs> And not good.
1: That's not a good thing for a But player. I mean, I'm hoping he's basically going to be an upgrade on Kimar Roof. Who has been really, like really stinking the place out mm. in the yeah. last few weeks. And so it may be that he helps Lasaga score the goals that will fire us and then we see what um, happens. But he, does, he sounds like a, a strong Kimar Roof, but with a, with half as many goals. It's yin and yang, isn't it? Like <laughs> everything's a trade-off. I'd rather have him for two and a half than Gary Medine. Yeah, That's true. Would you rather have all the money... So related to Victor Orta is obviously the under-23s, which Ian Hart was not happy about on Friday night, having watched them draw 2-2 with Birmingham. Again, they were 2-0 down at half-time, came out to draw 2-2. Ian Hart went on Twitter and said he was fuming. Um, He went to watch that. Leeds is losing its identity. It's all I could hear was Spanish been spoken by players and manager, I mean, it's a bit petty, but he can't spell being and he's complaining about people's language. Anywho, we are a club that has over years and years brought through quality players, but what I witnessed is players lacking passion, desire to wear the Leeds shirt with pride, Needs sorting ASAP. Everyone knows I love Leeds, but too many foreign players in the under-23s not good enough, and killing the younger players pathway. Andrea and Victor are very good, but something needs addressing ASAP. Does... Irish immigrants um, and now turned player agent for one uh, left back who was on the bench for this game Ian Hart, have a point point. <laughs> and I would just add before you answer that of the uh, the team he was watching there were four Spanish players in the squad of 16, nine English or Irish and there was a, a Dutchman and a Pole
2: I'm, I'm enjoying an Irishman basically claiming that they are English essentially sure that's a popular <laughs> Very popular opinion over in Ireland. Uh, It's very hard to separate it from the fact he's the agent of a player who didn't play. Mm -hmm.
1: Is he also the agent of Ewan Stokes? Owen Stokes, sorry. Possibly. He's been released, hasn't he? Yeah, he was released that day. Um, And Thomas Christiansen's comments on that were that when a player gets a chance in the team and training, he has to die on the pitch and has to look like it's the chance that they've waited a lifetime for. And there wasn't enough, it didn't seem like there was enough of the Ian Hart style passion and well, desire in Stokes.
0: This is one thing that I've not actually seen mentioned but if Hart is saying these foreign players lack passion and desire to wear the shirt and are not good enough, how crap are the English players that they're keeping out of the team? But again this links back to the thing that the academy was just left alone yeah. so there's a massive gap of talent there. So we're going to have to sign lots of players as we have and some of them probably aren't going to be good enough
2: mm-hmm. it's much the same argument I suppose that you get when people say foreigners are coming over here taking our jobs they don't speak a word of English and they're coming over here taking our jobs and you think well how shitty are you <laughs> <laughs> to have your job taken um, I don't know it's a complete rebuild isn't it and the, and the format is different to have a it's a very distinct squad now is the under 23s before players used to dip between them and if people weren't in the first team they'd play quite a lot of games in the under 23s there now seems to be quite a strict line between them yeah to the point where you think, please put J-Rogrot in a bit
1: more. He could do with a few hours. Yeah, the, the logic seems to have been that the under-23s needed players badly, so they bought a bunch, but then the levels below it that they want to promote to the under-23s is they're basically waiting for somebody in the under-18s to go and take their shirts off them. Um, like uh, Jack Clark, who is also one of Ian Hart's clients, was starting up front, so it doesn't matter that we signed um, Oliver Sarkic, the Montenegrin uh, born in Grimsby. Um <laughs> Because uh, Jack Clark's playing, even though he's only—I think Jack Clark is 17—but the club really rate him highly. He's been around the fringes. Of, so this business of a block pathway doesn't see—it only seems to be Tyler Denton's pathway, in particular, that's blocked after. But then he, I didn't see him raging when he was—he couldn't get into Port Vale's team at the bottom of Division Four earlier in the season. He wasn't like Michael Brown is fucking blocking the pathway for my player on the under 23s because it is there has been a lot of discussion. I've tried to get the calculation on what we've actually bought. I think we've signed thirteen in the summer and since. Four with Spanish citizenship, four English, one Pole, one Dutch, one Finn, and then Oliver Sarkic who is the Montenegrin but born in Grimsby. So this the perception that it's all full of foreigners who lack passion and desire, um, which I'm not sure that doesn't seem like an argument that particularly It is the easiest thing to it's the easiest thing to level at foreigners. No passion, no desire. (laughs) They've only packed the bags and moved all the way from a different country <laughs> where they could probably quite easily have just, just played at the local club to yeah. move to England to try and make a career for themselves. No passion, no <laughs> desire. And this is like what Ian Hart did. Yeah, I don't want to harp on it, but I did go and find um, an interview in Leeds United magazine from Ian Hart when he was like about 18 Talked about how difficult it was being homesick and he'd gone home sometimes, but having Gary Kelly at the club and Stephen McPhail around and his other Alan Mabry that made it feel like home. Like, it's ridiculous and I'm sure there was probably some 15 year old left back from Beeston reading that absolutely fuming um, at the fact he couldn't get past so under 23 so yeah it's, it's a development team let's see <laughs> we'll see what develops uh, yeah exactly like a Polaroid picture a picture of a peacock a picture of a rose with some croissants on mm. it a picture of Very popular, um, one. an owl a picture of a sheep what news do we have of the crest? It's going to be a kind of fan vote thing. Mm. That's that's what they decided. Looking forward to, to having your say. Are you submitting designs?
2: <laughs> I had the crayons out all week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to end up better than the Leeds um, Salute effort. Yeah, That's without doubt. And the club have said that the people can submit entries and then they'll refine them. Didn't yes. they? they did go as far as to say that, so maybe they'll take elements of what they like from... So I'm hoping a professional designer, not the person who did the first one, but someone who's not shit, will get hold of some things and go, oh, this is the kind of thing. And they'll, get, they'll pick up on the general vibe. Um, but I'd still kind of rather they chose one.
0: Yeah. Because people make bad decisions. <laughs> I kind of wish they would just wait for a long time now and we can just mm. all sort of forget about it and then in a couple of years we'll look back and hopefully have a sense of humour about it and go, oh, that was... Thank God we're not done that, eh? Look, so we've got a proper one now. Because yes. I'm just fucking sick of the sight of badges now. It's yeah. Like, I don't know what looks good, what looks bad.
2: I'll just go. It's just football in the Yorkshire rose. We'll just go back to that. Yeah. People liked that before we changed it. They seem to like it now. It's fine. It's got mm-hmm. the name of the club on it. It's got the full name of the club on. It's got the AFC, which we don't have. Mm. Switch that for 1919 or something. You know,
1: make it make it centenary-ish. <laughs> Or well, as some say, 1919 to 2019 is a lot of fan designs as if we died in 2019, <laughs> impending death. Could um, put a Red
2: Bull cam um, <laughs> in the middle, maybe. I don't know. Just
1: cut straight to that. Why don't we, I mean, Aspire Academy has quite a nice logo. We may as well just go and get that. Um, Cultural Leoneza had a new logo in the week as well. I'm not sure whether there was... Which is fine. Well, That's a coincidence. Yeah, they've taken their historical lion, slightly moved its paws... Drawn it a bit better. You're going and to say chopped like,
0: off its head and made it do a salute or something.
1: <laughs> They've been very respectful of cultural So Somebody just get the people who did that. Or there was um, the design firm, what they called Dixon Baxi, I think. Dixon of them is apparently a Leeds fan, and he tweeted out, "We will do this for free." Their previous work is they did the entire Premier League rebrand. They rebranded Eurosport. They worked for Formula One teams, and they're like, "We'll just, we'll sort this out for free." I don't know if the club have gone to them. Uh, and bitten their hand off. Andrew, the Premier League did become put a
2: UKIP lion on the badge,
1: as I remember, but you know. But the colours behind it were pretty nice. <laughs> and yeah, it would probably be better when you look at that plank of wood that keeps getting circulated <laughs> around town. Um, for example, you do wish some professionals would just come along and, and sort this out. Speaking of professionals coming along to sort things out, very briefly, who do you think is favourite to take over at Barnsley now that we have taken away? Um, Paul Hackingbottom
2: <laughs> well I know, I know who it is because um, it's turned down, it's, <laughs>
1: down. Uh, it's very funny if it is him given he's such a career man Bucky's favourite at the moment Gary Monk I mean that would be the project moving on I the group he's probably not going to be able to sign who did he sign for Middlesbrough Britt or for 15 million down there is he uh, no No. If, if he gets- I don't think he'll go
2: there I think he, I think he would genuinely go to manage like in China or something as a as a as a career move because you think oh, at least I'm getting paid well at least I can at least I can have that I think Barnsley gives him nothing
1: um,
0: imagine him in Barnsley yeah I was just thinking he can't wear like a gilet in Barnsley can you? No. It's
1: not no another former manager tipped to be back in work soon who do you think is going to be <laughs> the next boss of Swindon Supermarine Howard Wilkinson. <laughs> Guess again.
0: I was just about to say, is it our most famous teacher? But then I thought, oh no, Howard Wilkinson is our most famous teacher. It's our second most famous yeah. teacher.
1: <laughs> Dave that's Ho- Dave Hockaday. I'm sure he was there before. Like yeah, he was the director of football. Mm. Um, and they keep just going back to Dave Hockaday like a dog going back to its own sick. And then last of all, who do we think is <laughs> wants to be the next president of Senegal? Neil Warnock. Probably, yes. I'll say that's accurate. Yeah, a great, a, a great bunch of lads out in Senegal.
2: It's a strange thing, isn't it? It's like um, George Ware is now the president of Liberia, isn't he? Yeah, I'm sure Drogba will probably get in at some point. Ivory Coast. He's, he's got some dabble into, into into politics there, isn't he? Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. You don't get many English footballers wanting to
1: get into other stuff, really. Do you? Well, Back um, from David Icke. Bob Wilson, I suppose. Gary Lineker, TV presenting, but Gary Lineker for, pres- for Prime Minister could happen. Um, in the future, please. El Bob Jouf. Wilson, TV presenter, used
2: to present. Oh, I thought, yeah, but still within football. I thought he meant he'd like, you know, become the local MP for someone, and I'd missed
1: it. I'd have voted for him as a safe pair of hands. El Hadjouf says that is the future for me because a lot of Senegalese people are able to listen to me. I have taken the decision to do politics because I have people waiting for me to change things in my country, and I am ready to do that because I want to be the soldier of the youngsters. Will you vote for El Hadjouf? Don't think I've
2: registered <laughs> um, due to not being or having ever been to um,
1: Senegal. If you had Senegalese citizenship, would you vote for El Hodge chief?
0: I'm not sure how great a useful a character he would be. and it, it, it would shake things up a bit, I imagine. <laughs> I will say on this, though, did you see on Twitter the uh, flag which someone dug out? which It was a Leeds flag and it said Viva El Hadj on it. I, just,
2: I, I was obviously reminded of Mini Jufe as well. Mm. Um, thought it was maybe a running mate, bodyguard. Body, yeah, just someone to take on the campaign trail. You know like how there's lots of Santas? Because they can't be everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Lots of Mini Jufe. <laughs> just so the people of Senegal can meet a Jufe like character.
1: Well, now that the, the pathways into our under 23 team's been blocked, maybe our local youngsters can all get work. It's <laughs> impersonating a Hajj Jufe uh, to help Senegalese politics.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, politicians in this country aren't great, are they? At the minute, so.
1: Oh, do you want if uh, you want our herch, do you to stand round here, local councillor?
2: Why not? <laughs> Why not?
1: Coming up then, the Hacking Bottom era begins um, in South Yorkshire. Where else would it begin? Saturday, tenth of February, we are playing Sheffield United, who are eighth in the league. They're a little bit above us. They've gone off the boil since Paul Coote's leg was broken. See, uh, we now know how it feels to be without our best player. That's what they're doing. It's basically a South Yorkshire derby, isn't it? Paul Heckingbottom <laughs> versus versus Sheffield United. This is what he's dreamed of. You know, he didn't play for them. He played for Wednesday, didn't he? I think. Did he? Yes, he did. Uh, so, even better. <laughs> yeah, I fully expect we'll lose. <laughs> Who's going to be in defence? Well, exactly. Any ideas? Rob Molinar? Who can we get? Who's that? <laughs>
0: I genuinely don't even know who, like genuinely who is going to play centre back we've got Matthew Pennington Pennington and I'm just going to go for the the one there have back? been
1: some whispers that Pontus Janssen might not be as injured as he hmm. looked um, so it could be that we have if we have uh, Pennington and Janssen suddenly the world looks a lot brighter mm.
0: to be fair I think when if Christensen was still in charge I would be very worried this could be like the uh, 6-0 at Hillsborough mm. now I I don't think it will be that bad. Well,
1: Because we won't have Marius Salyukas we'll, playing. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's
0: happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I have very little faith in his getting result, though. Yeah.
1: It's a horrible first game for him. Yeah. But isn't it a great first game for him? He's been at Barnsley. It's in his blood to hate Sheffield United. This is the rivalry that he has had. I mean, he's a Barnsley fan, we know that. Um, so he hates Sheffield United probably almost as much as he hates Leeds. If he can't get them fired <laughs> up for this then it doesn't matter who's playing in defence because it's going to be the new manager impact and we're launching ourselves into a Barnsley-Sheffield derby that doesn't really concern us, but we'll come out the winners. That's what I think is going to happen. 4-0 winter leads this. I will let you put your money on it.
2: Yeah, likewise. You never know. I quite like it when you get a new manager because it's always that that initial thing of there'll be a a team change which no one expects. Mm. He'll put... He won't put grot willie, But, really. but <laughs> he'll put someone in who you didn't expect, someone from the youth team or something, and you'll kind of go, oh, that's interesting. I was... different, Bit of a different style, and you never know.
1: I was reading today about Paul Heckingbottom, because I like to know about somebody if I'm going to be giving them dogs abuse before long.
2: I've still got an unread copy of uh, Uwe Rosler's autobiography at home, <laughs> which I bought, and I never even, never even started it
1: before we'd sacked him still for sale in the club shop uh, probably. A 50p a copy um, and it was about how um, Chelsea have been loaning their players to Barnsley because of, he's very good at improving them and he was talking about the striker um, I can't remember his name but he said um, the difference between Chelsea under the 18s and Chelsea under 23s where he has basically been standing waiting for the ball to come to him so he can just put it in the net and then you're up against four centre-halves so who's played 400 games and they have got to bully you all the time that's what we've had to get through and we've had to not teach him how to be a good technical footballer, but we've had to teach him how if you're not able to play your game, you can still have an influence and do something on the pitch. And it did make me think, if Heckingbottom gets hold of J. Roy Grot and can instil some of that stuff, because that's exactly what that lanky Mm. freak needs, isn't it? Yeah, it is. He actually
2: looked better than he has when he came on against um, against Cardiff. I think he dared not
1: be as bad (laughs) as he had been before.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think we, we do... We do lack um, a sort of streetwise edge at the moment. Like I say, we're getting players sent off without even hurting anyone, mm. generally speaking. He, maybe he can teach us to just get a yellow and really injure someone. <laughs>
1: That's what I'd like. Well, we're up against Sheffield United. Their top scorer is Leon Clark, who scored 15. Who scored.com tells me that they are strong, very strong, sorry, attacking down the wings, very strong at creating chances using through balls. Um, and strong at creating long shot opportunities and finishing scoring chances um, that up against our potential mid-defence of my, uh, Matthew Pennington doesn't, I still think, fall now
0: I still, I mean this sort of shows how sh- stupid and strange football is because Leon Clark was like a joke at Wolves he was a punchline I remember he scored the day we sacked Milinic and the joke was something like I think there had been a upset in the Premier League Man United had been beat maybe it was like Man United have been beat by Burnley. Leeds have sat to manage it. Leon Clark scored. Leon Clark scoring is still the least likely of things to happen. But I'm not saying it's a good joke. But anyway, <laughs> but you know, it's just like I don't get how he scored 15 goals. No, nope. which worries me again.
1: Do you think he's going to get three more against us? I wouldn't
0: bet against it. I mean, that that goal we considered to sharp in the first game. Probably the softest of the season.
1: Yeah. And Matthew Pennington's worst game of the season yeah. as well, that one, so given he could be our only defender. Let's pray for Pontus to rise again, even if it ends up crippling him for booked. the rest of the <laughs> Yeah, that, that's probably what will happen. He'll come back from his injury and he'll just get suspended.
2: You mean, if he's going to be injured for this game, it's frustrating he couldn't get a yellow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have called the ref a wanker on the way off.
1: <laughs> you see, that's the gamesmanship we're missing. <laughs> yeah, might, might...
2: bottom would have been... Yeah.
1: A- <laughs>
2: sorry. <laughs> no, I'm gonna edit that out, <laughs> swine. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't think we're gonna
1: win. A nice battling draw, I think, would be a decent start for him. Yeah. Have you got the chant ready for uh, the next game? Because we we uh, we come home on Sunday the 18th of February to play Bristol City. So it's another uh, Paul Heckenbottom grudge match. His former. His predecessor at Barnsley it's Johnson versus Heckerbottom, who is going to be uh, the biggest man after this at the moment. Bristol City are sixth. Um, They're also not quite as good as they were earlier in the season. Um, Their second top scorer is a centre-back, which um, is to his credit, but I don't imagine the people making his gif thought it would be used as often at the start of the season. And they've been living it large lately, playing in the Carabao Cup against Manchester and Stratford. Do you reckon the home crowd singing Oh Hecky Hecky will be just what we need to get a result against Bristol City? And by result, I mean 5-0 win. For sure. I actually think we
2: might win this one. Why? Because they're also badly out of form. We beat them away. They seem sort of like they try and play nice football and stuff. We seem to, We seem to suffer our worst defeats against teams who are rough.
1: We yeah. did beat them surprisingly easily at uh, Ashton Gate. Say yeah. he's back
0: for this or is he out still? Still back out, show, isn't he? Yeah. Out. I'm sort of slightly <laughs> weirdly looking forward to this considering I'm dreading most Leeds United fixtures these days. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've got a weird feeling that we might be okay against these. Like I say, because we beat them at their place even when we were playing crap. That was in the middle of that ter- first terrible run. Um, and we battered them. So, and there's a
2: couple of weeks to work with them and stuff. Like, by the Sheffield United game, you can't realistically expect them to have changed a great deal.
1: No. But, you know, have it, given, you might, an, given an extra week... You might have one player back for this. <laughs> I've lost track of who comes back when. Bristol City's characteristics, according to com, they are strong at attacking set-pieces, strong at coming back from losing positions, didn't against us, strong against aerial duels. Um, that's probably mm. not applicable. But they're weak at stopping opponents from creating chances... And weak at defending set pieces, so we didn't have Gianni Vio last time. I don't think he still he survived the night of the long knives. So, do you think Peckinbot and Vio are going to be in tandem to work out how to how to beat Bristol here?
0: I was thinking about Vio, like Vio the other day at the at the mobile, not the game, the Cardiff game. I think we've not looked that threatening from set pieces for a while, and also defensively, we're a shambles at set pieces. Like, does he not? Yeah.
1: His defensive duties, I remember being outlined by Christensen, said that he was very good at setting up a team to defend a free kick or a corner so that they can counter-attack and score at the other end. That doesn't really apply if the team's already scored. Yeah. He worked for a bit. It, Just keep love... changing. Keep changing. Hacking bottom loses this game. Change. Yeah. Maybe Gianni Vio could be in charge soon. Hmm. Do you think, will it be the first home win for Hackers? Hackers like...
2: I hope so. We need something, if only to sell some more tickets. Because anyone who bought a ticket for the Cardiff game, they ain't coming back. (laughs) Not anytime soon.
1: Well, coming back after that, we played Derby away, and that is the game that probably Thomas Christensen had marked on his big calendar in the office say, I get Saez back, and I think Baradi is back for that one. Cooper will be back, if not earlier. O'Kane, I think, is available soon. The Calvin Phillips is probably available. I think maybe available this weekend. I've completely lost track mm. of who is and isn't available. But the Derby game has been point two. Everybody will be back for that one, and then after that, three days later, we play Brentford at home. By which point, uh, we should be well back up into the black places. If uh, if Hecky's worth his four hundred thousand pound release clause, yes,
2: yeah. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> Look, I don't think we should expect too
1: much of him. It's a, it's a fresh start. Because things have gone badly it's recently. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. Well, all right then. That's coming up. Right now we've got to do Ken Bates, villain of the fortnight. Um, nominations including, obviously, Ken Bates. I mean, we were talking about Leeds Knight being cursed earlier. I was blaming Neil Warnock. There's probably another candidate there when he swore in 1985, when we trashed his scoreboard. Um, so that's I'm nominating Ken Bates because I think the recent form is still 1985 scoreboard repercussions that we're paying for. Who else is being nominated, Michael?
2: Well, Warnock. Mm-hmm.
1: For being you
2: Neil know, Warnock, really. It's, it's much like the, um, the Ken Bates Award. He didn't, didn't really need a reason. Um, but I suppose on this occasion he did result. He's he's cost lots of people their jobs. Yeah. He's raised the bar this
1: time by getting some and, it, and, in, exact.
2: and in as consequence of that, Barnsley have been left presumably with like I don't know, who's taken training this morning? Dickie no. Bird, I don't know. <laughs> Someone they've drafted in. That lad out of cares. Darren Goff, um The Kestrel out of cares. Yeah yeah. Um Brian Glover. <laughs> Who knows? Um but yeah that ruining ruining
1: Yorkshire football. Mm-hmm. Any other nominations?
0: I would like to nominate the Square Ball podcast. It's fair um, because the first time we did that this this season, that was I mean, I was my I think it was after the first Millwall defeat, so I wasn't quite as certain we were getting promoted, but I still thought, bloody
1: could be. I thought we'd agreed to blame this on Andy.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but I was he was he was there for that? Well, yeah. well, exactly. Well, so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so when we beat Sheffield United at the weekend, you'll you'll review that thought. Yeah. Um, but okay, no, the TSB podcast is a fair. I'm sure a lot of people would also put that nomination as well as uh, Ken Bates. I want to nominate Paul Heckingbottom for being a lead taking scumbag. You can't say that about our club and not be nominated for Ken Bates for another fortnight. I think we need to get the retaliation in early in this case. I'm sure we we probably did. We nominate. Uh, Thomas Christensen for hero on the first one mm. for making everything so great we should have just gone straight for um, villain so Paul Hackingbottom is villain Ken Bates villain nominee
2: um, Victor Arthur probably needs to go on just because yeah. you know everyone hates everybody him everybody else <laughs> I think personally we'll I suppose we'll see I think it's the Christensen Alter thing is interesting because it, it kind of shows the value of seeming like a nice guy because everyone seems to think Christensen has always come across as a nice guy. Mm. Autor has always come across as a bit of a hairy grump. Yes, <laughs>
0: like with Pet Clotet last year. Yeah. Everyone loved him. Nobody actually knows what he does. No. He's nice.
1: So. He might have been up to all <laughs> sorts. He might have been badger baiting in his spare time. So is that what we're nominating Victor Orta for being a hairy grump? <laughs> yep. I think that's fair. It's factual. I would yep. defy any court to uh, to tell us he's not. Anybody else that we need to get in? Ken Bates, Neil Warnock... Uh, the Squareball podcast, Paul Heckenbottom and Victor Orta. Who are we going to give them the award to? Warnock for me. Mm, I think been, he's, got, yeah. he's earned it this And time. I'm
2: sure he's been a cocky bastard after the win as well. If, if I'd listened to any of it, I'd have heard, but I haven't.
1: I've not listened to any of it because I had the mental image of him on the, fo- like, about two o'clock that night when he was on his second bottle of wine, just phoning up Kevin Blackwell, going, he hey, Blackie, I reckon they're going to sack that lad tomorrow and I couldn't get it on a conference call with Jeppo. and I I couldn't I couldn't stand it you
2: know Warnock when I I looked at some pictures of him when he was younger and he did used to have eyebrows they've gone
0: yeah I saw that picture recently it was really weird they've gone
1: through time is this something we need to be concerned about if you're listening to the Squareball Podcast and you can tell us where either Oddie, Andy P or Neil Warnock's eyebrows are I'm sure the, the owners of each would like them to send to them. I'd obviously want the Warnock's eyebrows to be given to me. Do we have um, any nominations for the Andy Hughes Hero of the Fortnite? Let's go Hecky. hecky. <laughs> he's seen the errors of his ways. But we've, we've just said that we did this with uh, Thomas Christensen after he'd won it might 20 be our, games in a row.
2: It might be our only chance to nominate him. Imagine That's if he
1: loses. What I will say about him is
0: that even if he's crap, at least the one thing is that he's pissed off a load of Barnsley fans.
1: That's true. Which is quite nice. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be pretty special. They have managed to get 400 grand out of us for his release clause, but... They ain't spending it, though. That'll just be put, you know... Straight in the owner's back pocket. That's all right. I'm going to nominate uh, Thomas Christensen. I think he leaves with his head held high. Um, I'll be interested to see if he makes any kind of public statement, because the two occasions when he's talked about his future... Um, he did say well if they decide they want somebody else I can't do anything about it and I'll just go away he, and then, he's
2: talked a lot about about dying uh, so mm. I, worry, I worry he might have committed Harry Carey on the pitch at Thorpe Arch or something
1: he's got a lot to live for he's got a lovely family back in Barcelona he's got a future he's going to win uh, the Europa League with Deportivo <laughs> um, I he's had a great experience he managed he got to go to the Manchester Derby when they were top of the league both teams so I mean, that was pretty exciting it made
0: me, it made me feel generally quite sorry for him that he went into training this morning to say bye to the players because I just pictured him going in to say bye and then Heckingbottom walking in straight after him (laughs) I thought that's a bit awkward isn't it and and Heckingbottom
2: in fact Heckingbottom should have been the villain really because I mean to, to do the the sign your contract last week fuck off this week is a cold move by any standards I bet he was looking at got that release clause in there have you just just checking it's like a prenuptial agreement isn't it for the uh,
1: it's like what are you putting that in there for well, we just cos we can save just cos I'm not sure we can save that villainous nomination for when he does it to us in a couple of seasons it's true um, if we don't have to sack him first so so far we've got Paul Heckingbottom and Thomas Christensen anyone else nobody really springs their mind lately
0: the only person I could think of because I really couldn't think of anyone was Felix because he's he sort of was acceptable and he's possibly the only I mean he's conceded four goals in two games so he's yeah. not really been but against yeah. Hull, totally it was fine He was good
1: I did. I think we referred to this perhaps in the last one that at the end of the Millwall game when they scored their winner he was the only player going around to every single player saying get up we can still win this which for a spineless milk baby was quite surprising <laughs> so he and he was quite vocal again I noticed he's, he seems to be saying you know I'm a I think he's one of the older players in the team and he seems to be like trying to take it on.
0: I'm hoping it's been like last season when Green was pretty terrible for the first half and then became brilliant.
2: Maybe he's yeah. found his bratwurst oven
1: or whatever yeah. whatever he was looking for. So we've got Felix Viedvald for um, starting to resemble a goalkeeper. We've got Paul Heckingbottom for um, future success and glory. And then we've got Thomas Christensen. And annoying Barnsley fans. Oh, sorry. Primarily. Paul Heckenbottom for... Really annoying Barnsley fans, and then we've got Thomas Christensen for just being a nice guy. Who it's a shame. Who's going to take it out of those three?
2: Kind of want to give it to Christensen I want to give it to Christensen
1: <laughs> Just as a, no, I have feelings. He should have something. Do you think they gave him a gift when he came in to see the players when he was saying goodbye? We got you this. I
2: bet. I bet they gave him something in a bag, and he was like, "Oh, what's what this? It's
1: one one kind of you." No, no, it's it's just your stuff. You left something. Oh, no, no problem. Well, whatever gift, whether it was a carriage clock, whether it was Neil Warnock's eyebrows or his own belongings in a bag, he can add to it the square ball, Andy Hughes, hero of the podcast. Award as he shuffles off into the night, the end of the Thomas Christensen era and the start of the Paul Heckingbottom era, whose name is too long to have an era. I've written it down already here as so I'm making notes. Heckington. I think he's a much more reasonable name. I'll mm. just start calling him. I don't want to call him Hecky. I, call him
2: him he- I've, I think I've called him Heg- Hegging Bottom at least once as well. It's difficult.
1: Mm. Paul?
2: Paul? Call him Paul. We, call
1: him Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any other Pauls, do we? Uh, don't think so. There you go. All right, so he's the, the, the exciting start. Ah, uh, Paul. The inci- exciting start of the Paul era at Leeds <laughs> United. Um, you can celebrate. We will have when he comes back uh, for the Bristol game. A new issue of the Square Ball. Um, there probably won't be much in it because there's only been that crest fiasco and an entire upheaval of all the management staff and defeats to Millwall and um, Cardiff in the meantime. Um, so that will be out. You can still get issue six online for uh, not much money, and also t-shirts, mugs, prints, hoodies, all important beanies, twelve-pound hats navy or gold. You get a free window sticker. Pre-order them before kickoff on Saturday and we'll send you a hat in the post. And with that, I'll say thank you to Michael for being here. Bye-bye. Thank you to Rob for being here. See you later. Uh, Thank you to you for listening um, and we'll speak to you after two fantastic victories, if not more.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods